0: chapter eleven parts three and four of mr waddington of Wick by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter eleven part three when ralph called for barbara he told her first thing that he had heard from mcintyres the publishers about his book he had sent it them two-thirds finished and greville burton greville burton barbara had read it and reported very favourably mcintyres had agreed to publish it if the end was equal to the beginning and the middle it was this exciting news thrown at her before she could get her hat on that had caused barbara to forget all about mr waddington's photographs and mr waddington's book and mr waddington until she and ralph were halfway between wick on the hill and lower speed there was nothing for it then but to go on taking care to get back in time to take the photographs to pyecraft before the shop closed there hadn't been very much time but barbara said she could just do it if she made a dash and it was the dash she made that precipitated her into the scene of mr waddington's affair ralph waited for her at the white gate we must sprint she said if we're to be in time they sprinted as they walked slowly back barbara became thoughtful as long as she lived she would remember waddington the stretched-out arms the top-heavy body bowed to the caress the inflamed and startled face staring at her like some strange fish over mrs levitt's shoulder the mouth dropping open as if it called out to her go back what depths of fatuity he must have sunk to before he could have come to that and the sad figure leaning on the chimney-piece whipped beaten by mrs levitt's laughter the high coarse malignant laughter that had made her run to the smoke-room door to shield him to shut it off what wouldn't ralph have given to have seen him it was all very well for ralph to talk about making a study of him he hadn't got further than the merest outside fringe of his great subject he didn't know the bare rudiments of waddington he had had brilliant flashes of his own but no sure sight of the reality and it had been given to her barbara to see it all at once she had penetrated at one bound into the thick of him they had wondered how far he would go and he had gone so far so incredibly far above and beyond himself that all their estimates were falsified and she saw that her seeing was the end the end of their game hers and ralph's the end of their compact the end of the tie that bound them she found herself shut in with waddington The secret that she shared with him shut ralph out it was intolerable that all this rich exciting material should be left on her hands lodged with her useless when she thought of what she and ralph could have made of it together if only she could have given it him but of course she couldn't she had always known there would be things she couldn't give him she would go on seeing more and more of them odd that she didn't feel any moral indignation it had been too funny like catching a child in some amusing naughtiness and as poor waddy's eyes and open mouth had intimated she had had no business to catch him to know anything about it no business to be there ralph she said you must let me off the compact he turned laughing why have you seen something it doesn't matter whether i have or haven't it was a sacred compact but if i can only keep it by being a perfect pig he looked down at her face her troubled unnaturally earnest face of course if you feel like that about it you'd feel like that if you were his confidential secretary and had all his correspondence yes yes i see barbara it won't work i'll let you off the compact we can go on with him just the same we can't what not make a study of him no we don't know what we're doing it isn't safe we may come on things any day like the thing you came on just now i didn't say i'd come on anything all right you didn't he shall be our unfinished book barbara he'll be your unfinished book i've finished mine all right anything else would be simply appendix you think you've got him complete oh, fairly complete oh barbara don't tempt me ralph after all he said we were only playing with him well, we mustn't do it again never any more never any more. I know it's a game for gods, but it's a cruel game. We must give it up. You mean we must give him up? Yes. We've hunted and hounded him enough. We must let him go. That's the compact, is it? Yes. We shall break it, Barbara. See if we don't. We can't keep off him. Part four mr waddington judged that after all owing to his consummate tact he had scored in the disagreeable parting with mrs levitt but when he thought of barbara little barbara a flush mounted to his face his ears his forehead he could feel it wave after wave of hot unpleasant shame he went slowly back to the library and shut himself in with the tea-table and the sofa and the cushions crushed deeply hollowed with the large pressure of a lease he wondered how much barbara had taken in at what precise moment she had appeared he tried to reconstruct the scene he had been leaning over elise he could see himself leaning over her enclosing her and elise's head stiffened drawing back from his kiss worse than the sting of her repugnance was the thought that barbara had seen it and his attitude his really very compromising attitude had she had she the door now it was at right angles to the sofa perhaps barbara hadn't caught him fair he went to the door and came in from it to make certain yes yes from that point it was no good pretending that he couldn't be seen but barbara had rushed in like a little whirlwind and she had gone straight to the writing-table turning her back she wouldn't have had time to take it in it was at the chimney-piece before she had turned again before she could have seen him he must have recovered himself when he heard her coming she couldn't charge in like that without being heard he must have been standing up well apart from elise not leaning over her by the time barbara came in he tried to remember what barbara had said when she went out she had said something he couldn't remember what it was but it had sounded reassuring now surely if barbara had seen anything she wouldn't have stopped at the door to say things she would have gone straight out without a word in fact she wouldn't have come in at all she would have drawn back the very instant that she saw she would simply never have penetrated as far as the writing-table he remembered how coolly she had taken up the photographs and gone out again as if nothing had happened probably then as far as barbara was concerned nothing had happened then he remembered the horrible laughing of elise barbara must have heard that she must have wondered she might just have caught him with the tail of her eye not enough to swear by but enough to wonder and afterwards she would have put that and that together and he would have to dine with her alone that evening to face her young clear candid eyes he didn't know how he was going to get through with it and yet he did get through to begin with barbara was very late for dinner she had thought of being late as a way of letting mr waddington down easily she would come in smiling and apologetic palpably in the wrong having kept him waiting and he would be gracious and forgive her and his graciousness and forgiveness would help to reinstate him he would need she reflected a lot of reinstating barbara considered that in the matter of punishment he had had enough mrs levitt with her you old imbecile had done to him all and more than all that justice could require there was a point of humiliation beyond which no human creature should be asked to suffer to be caught making love to mrs levitt and being called an old imbecile and then to be pelted with indecent laughter and in any case it was not her barbara's place to punish him or judge him she had had no business to catch him no business in the first instance to forget the photographs therefore she really wanted him not to know that she had caught him she went on behaving as if nothing had happened all through dinner she turned the conversation on to topics that would put him in a favourable or interesting light she avoided the subject of fanny she asked him all sorts of questions about his war work tell me she said some of the things you did when you were a special constable and he told her his great story to be sure she knew the best part of it already because ralph had told it it had been one of his scores over her but she wanted him to remember it she judged that it was precisely the sort of memory that would reinstate him faster than anything for really he had played a considerable part well you could see by his face that he was gratified one of the things we had to do was to drive about the villages and farms after dark to see that there weren't any lights showing it was nineteen yes nineteen sixteen in the winter must have been winter because i was wearing my british warm with a fur collar and there was a regular scare on air raids no tramps we'd been fairly terrorized by a nasty dangerous sort of tramp the police were looking for two of these fellows discharged soldiers we'd a warrant out for their arrest robbery and assault with violence well you may call it violence one of em had thrown a pint pot at the landlord of the king's head and hurt him and they'd bolted with two bottles of beer and a tin of players navy cut they'd made off goodness knows where we couldn't find em i was driving to daunton on a very nasty pitch-black night you know how beastly dark it is between the woods at byford park well i'd just got there when i passed two fellows skulking along under the wall they stood back it was rather a near shave with no proper lights on and i flashed my electric torch full on them blessed if they weren't the very chaps we were looking for and i'd got to run em in somehow all by myself and two to one it wasn't any joke i can tell you goodness knows what nasty knives and things they might have had on em what did you do do i drove on fifty yards ahead and pulled up the car outside the porter's lodge at byford then i got out and came on and met em they were trying to bolt into the wood when i turned my torch on them again and shouted "Halt!" in a parade voice they halted hands up to the salute i thought the habit would be too much for them when they heard the word of command i said you've got to come along with me didn't know how on earth i was going to take them if they wouldn't go and they'd started dodging so i tried it on again halt regular parade stunt and they halted again all right then i harangued them i said shun you blighters i'm a special constable and i've got a warrant here for your arrest i hadn't i'd nothing but an inland revenue income tax form but i whipped it out of my breast pocket and trained my light on the royal arms at the top that was enough for him then i shouted again in my parade voice right about face, quick march and i got them marching i marched them the two miles from byford through lower speed and up the hill to wick and into the police station and we ran em in for robbery and assault it was clever of you no nothing but presence of mind and bluff and showing that you weren't going to stand any nonsense but i don't suppose corbett or hawtrey or any of those chaps would have thought of it barbara wondered supposing i were to turn on him and say you old humbug you know i don't believe a word of it you know you didn't march him a hundred yards or i saw you this afternoon what would he look like it was inconceivable that she should say these things if she was to go on with her study of him alone she would have to go on in the spirit they had begun in she and ralph that spirit admitted nothing but boundless amusement boundless joy in him moral indignation would have been a false note it would have been downright irreverence towards the god who made him what if he did omit to mention that the nasty dangerous fellows turned out to be two feeble youths half imbecile with shell-shock and half drunk and that it was mr hawtrey arriving opportunely in his car who took them over the last mile to the police station as it happened mr waddington had frankly forgotten these details as inessential to his story he had marched them a mile after telling it he was so far re-established in his own esteem as to propose their working together on the ramblings after dinner he even ordered coffee to be served in the library as if nothing had happened there unfortunately by some culpable oversight of annie trinder's the cushions still bore the imprint of elise awful realization came to him when barbara with a glance at the sofa declined to sit on it he had turned just in time to catch the flick of what in a bantering mood he had once called her barbaric smile after all she might have seen something not mrs levitt's laughter but the thought of what barbara might have seen was his punishment that and being alone with her knowing that she knew end of chapter eleven part four recording by expatriate in bangor maine